Happy Hump Day, everybody, and welcome to Brownback Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Andrew, how are you on this fine, fine day? Did you uh, stay up and, and watch all that Michigan I'm, game, or uh, did you wake up to a surprise like I did? Yeah, I I ended up – I didn't want to stay up late. I, we were just saying this off air. I wanted to just be like, oh, all right, Michigan's up by like 10 or something. I'm going to go to bed. Just never happened. Stayed up for the whole game. These games are so late. I'm I'm just washed. Like I don't want to stay up till midnight watching the game. Although it was great, really good ending. Michigan had some good looks down the end. Um, the other game was actually kind of awful. I you know I I'm a cheering for Gonzaga brackets futures yeah. pick them everything, but still it was like man this is this is rough. And USC was a team I like. I thought they were going to give them some trouble defensively. I don't think anyone's going to give this team defensively. I just pulled, and this isn't a good book, but I just pulled up a skin, like a, a PPH skin, and looked, and they had futures up still. I, I wanted to see what UCLA's price was, which it, it was silly right now. But uh, they had Gonzaga minus 265 to win it all at this point because they're minus 1,200 to win this game. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what the, what it is in the final. The parlay math isn't going to make them a very good price. So feeling good about my Zogs. And, um, yeah, again, we're running out of games, but the promo still goes on. You can still get your $500 risk-free bet. Use it for anything. You don't have to bet the tournament. You Imagine you really use it you. for UCLA. Oh, yeah. Like just lay some lay some underdogs, and I, I even put up a tweet last night. I bet against UCLA in the play-in game. I've mentioned this a couple times. Like I bet against this team, not even to make the tournament. Essentially, so it's been a they've they've proven me wrong over and over. But yeah, five hundred dollar risk free bet when you sign up. Links are in the pinned tweet on the Brown Bag Vets account, and uh, you know we'll get into some picks later. But it's it's a really gonna it's gonna be a heavy golf golf uh couple weeks here so we figured we'd bring in our guy to talk a little golf this tournament sucks but we're gonna bet it because we bet every tournament anyway and it, i mean it just gets you ready gets yeah. you in shape so so our guy mr mazzola james west coast mazzola it's like 6 a.m from <laughs> there i'm very excited that he got up early to join us here so without any more ado further ado james how we doing today Good man, we're gonna have to change that. I'm up to a six handicap now, so by the next uh, time I get on, we're gonna need to move that. My game is in shambles. Oh man, I swung a club for the first time in a long time yesterday, just outside. It was a it's a ten iron that's been it's just been like hanging in. It's not even it's not in my bag. My bag of clubs is somewhere else. It's a ten iron God, that sits in the that? garage. That the everything hurt it somewhere. Yeah, That's it didn't. Funny. Yeah, the the grip on that thing is like rock hard. It didn't feel good, so awesome. I'm gonna have to get that one regripped for those you know those special times when you need a ten. Not it's, often, it's, but it's, there are times, yeah, I guess. Very rarely. <laughs> so Valero Open, I kind of talked about this yesterday. You know, you're getting some of the guys that played match play that aren't good. A couple of good players. A lot of guys come up from Punta Cana, play here. Some other randoms, and then basically like that. We won't go through it. There's 20 ways, I believe, to get into the Masters. Yeah. They're not using, like, five of them because, like, the Pan Am, <laughs> whatever it is, Pan Am Amateur Championships got canceled. There's a few amateur championships that got canceled. The British Open finishing top four there the year before gets you in automatically. They didn't play that last year. So they're not using all the different ways, but there's still, like, 15 different ways to get in. And the last – I don't know if there's anybody – 
the only really way left is to win this weekend. Yeah. So there is a, there is a bit of that, like somebody that'll be exciting. Like, even if it's not one of my outrights, it'll be for exciting sure. for someone to play their way in. I want, I want somebody on the outside looking in to play their way in. Cause that's always fun. So it's, it's a shit field, but there's still some fun. There's still some fun uh, golfers here. And yeah, there's plenty of outrights offered for some reason. Gosh, plenty of head heads. You know, uh, Poulter played his way in one year. He won the he won the week before, and that's how he got in. Yep. I was actually on him that week. I don't think it was this tournament though. It, it, the, the schedule has, has changed so much over the last two years that I, I, I have a hard time keeping up with that. That's what I, I use Haven for. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those tournaments where it's like you know, if if you know a guy has his ticket punched already and he kind of you know doesn't play well on Thursday, you can almost guarantee he's going to mail it in on Friday to get out there <laughs> into Augusta a little bit earlier. But you know, I, generally speaking, the field is terrible. You know, but there's plenty of outrights that I like this week. I have to I have to admit, but even this tournament, like the last two winners have been like you know triple digits. I, I, Landry was 300, Connors was 200 to one. So, you know, it, it makes it a little bit difficult when when you have such a when you have you know past champions coming from such long odds. Yeah, it's not super you know forward facing to say oh we, I just have to find a long shot because there are some guys you know there's Hard. some shorter numbers that can absolutely win like speed yeah. has been playing very well answers down to 20 and under 20 at some places but it is it is a goofy t- and you did mention that maybe that's a better way to attack it and this is you know something like you know how noops you do this like yeah. ah you know this isn't a, this isn't an NBA game I want to really bet on but I, when I run my numbers, there's some pretty good numbers on the first or third quarter. There's a player prop maybe you want to take. Like what you said, and you know, we've been keeping a close eye on the weather because there's possibility mm-hmm. of some some wave advantages depending on the wind and how much you believe these weathermen. But maybe you hit on something there. Keeping an eye on the Masters field, looking up who's in the Masters field, who's not, and then looking at some of these guys who underperformed on on thursday like here's a guy that was supposed to be a middle of the pack guy he shot a 76 for no reason just played like garbage he's already in the masters and he's matched up with somebody you like on friday like i think there's going to be a lot of daily matchups to pick off on friday no i agree yeah for sure and then of course we have good old first round leader stuff that's always fun uh and that i went ahead last night i added like six more um, uh, full tournament head to heads bookmaker, you know, did their usual late night ad. So I went ahead and most, a lot of the ones we talked about yesterday, actually. So I was able to find most of those. So it's a full card. I don't see any reason not to attack it. We have plenty of, you know, course data to know what's successful here. And, uh, you know, it's a golf term. I'm going to bet everything. I, I bet all the, all the damn golf terms all year, except last week. So I'm, I'm kind of itching a little bit because I didn't do much last week. I don't really like that tournament. So we got to get back on the horse. <laughs> So you guys talked a, a little bit about some of the look-ahead fades. And, and Andy, you mentioned this is the last chance anybody has to get in the Masters. Is there anybody that is here, in your opinion, James, to try to make a run to win this tournament to make the Masters? I was looking through the list. It seems like just about all the big names that are here are already in. But I don't know if maybe I missed anybody. You know, I, and I haven't actually looked at that. So I, I can't I can't be certain. Um, you know, the Masters field is small. It's, it's, you know, it's the top 50 players in the world. Anyone who's won the Masters before, obviously, so that's why you know Larry Bides is in there every year. Um, if you had won a major, you know, within the last couple of years, and then anyone who had won on tour uh, over the last, and again, this has changed because uh, of COVID, obviously. So they've extended out that um, that qualification. So you know, you, you have a smaller field than normal, and, and but it, it is still an exclusive field. So I mean, a guy like Cameron Davis, I don't believe is in that field. I don't think he's top fifty in the world at this point. Gotcha. A great golfer. 55 to one. I mean, he could easily win this tournament here this weekend and earn himself 
uh, a spot in. I don't think Sam Burns is in the field. I don't I don't think he's top 50 in the world, and I know he has won. So uh, even the guy like Lanto Griffin, I'm looking at these guys, and these guys are all in the 50s right now, um, pretty much across the board. So I think there's plenty of good guys who can make a run here. Uh, you know, everyone's favorite, Cameron Tringali. He might be top 50, though, at this point, because he has been playing well. I have to check. Again, I don't have this information readily available. But at the same time, there's a plenty of good guys here. Chris Kirk's another one. These guys are all in my wheelhouse. Like, I like to bet the guys 30 to 60. That's And, and there's a ton of them here um, that I think have a chance to win this week for sure. I think it, I think it's top 50 at the change of the year, like at the end of this season. Yeah, or at was, the end of the calendar year. It's either the calendar year or the golf year. But No, it was, it's like 50, two tournaments ago. It's like yeah, it was the, like the three tournaments ago. The top 50 thing. Yeah, yeah there, there was like a cutoff point to be in the top 50. Lonto Griffin is in. The other two you aren't. Like okay. le- legitimately, I've had this tab open for three days at the Masters <laughs> field that I've just yeah. been control F. Like, is this guy in? And, the, and it, it, a couple have been surprising. So I've, uh, you know, I've been like, oh, shit, this guy is in. Like, a lot of random Euros. One, well, yeah, there, there are a bunch of euros. There, there's goofy ways to get in, but yeah, the, like like you said, there's like six old guys that play this every year. So like, not only is it a super exclusive field, but I mean, there's like seven spots that are dead because there's yeah. always one amateur that just like he lucked his way in, or you know, he's a bit young to be playing here competitively. And then like Larry Mize and some of these old timers that that have won it, you know, in like 1986, and they just keep playing it every year. So it is it is a tight field. This is a lot different. Um, you mentioned first round leader, and I don't want you to give away the Kool Aid <laughs> because, because you know, like on the secret is just you know using a few things and trying to find some value on some prices. But yeah. like you put your card together in a way that um, you're balanced out. So, you know, if, if a guy's 50 to one to win it, you're betting that to win about six units. If a mm-hmm. guy's a hundred to one, you're betting that half as much. So you're trying to, the way you do it every week, if people follow you, you put it together. So it's roughly about a unit risk to yeah. win six. So you're betting, yeah. you know, kind of a one to six uh, one to win six, no matter who wins it. So it's nice. You don't have to cheer for one guy over the other, really. You know, it's a, f- a couple dollar difference here or there. If the longer one wins, you know, it's actually worse because some of the other ones you bet a few, you know, a few bucks more. But like what, what goes into that? And I mean, it, does it, I suppose it does change a little week to week with some of these wind waves, but uh, generally like, what are you, what are you looking for for guys like that? Yeah, so I mean, essentially, what I do is I turn it into to a five to one proposition on anyone who's going to win, right? So I'm risking a unit to win six. Once you knock out all the losers, you're left with five to one. So, and that for me, that just allows me to to get. And it, at first, it was like to to kind of uh, uh, rear me in almost to make sure I didn't overbet the thing. I was like, this is what it was almost like. Hey, you need to have some kind of limit. And it just, you know, it worked and I'm sticking with it, whether or not it's, you know, it's the most efficient way to go about it. I think you can argue that. And again, when you're betting in the first round leader market, I mean, this thing is is, is is juiced out of its mind. I mean, the vague in this, in, the, in that market, the hold in that market is, is insane. It's even higher than, than most of the outright markets. So we're doing it mostly for fun. I think we need to probably, you know, make that clear. This is not, uh, you know, by any means, it's not the edge that we have in, in a full term head heads, let alone the round by round and the outright stuff. So, but it is also the best bet in sports. It's the most fun bet in sports when you're sitting there, you know, with a guy sweating it out, you know, his his wave, and you have the whole damn afternoon on Thursday, which is pretty much done, trying to make sure no one catches it, right? So a couple of things I look for. What I've noticed is that, and I've gone back and looked at this, you know, the, the top of the market rarely has that first round lead. And there's a number of reasons for this, right? So the first one is, is, you know, when you're at the top of the market, obviously, you know, favorite to win the golf tournament, you don't have to go out there and win a golf tournament on Thursday. 
you can lose the golf tournament on Thursday. You can't win a golf tournament on Thursday. Most of these guys realize that. So their goal is to get in there and make that cut, right? And then, you know, Saturday and Sunday is when they start moving. The guys who are, who are you know, 50 or, or higher to, to win a golf tournament, they don't, they don't have that luxury, man. Like these guys, most of them don't have, you know, super steady tour cards. Like they have to go out there and try and make birdies on every single hole because that's, you know, they're playing for their livelihood. Whereas the guys at the top of the market, they're, they're solidified, right? So what I've noticed is, you know, anywhere from 50 and above, and again, that's not saying much because probably what four fifths of the field is fifty and above, right? So I like yeah. to find those guys who pop in my model, uh, who I like just generally speaking. So I'll usually have them in some way uh, in, in the you know for, uh, uh, head to head, round by round, head to heads, round by round, uh, three balls, right? So, and then obviously you know when we actually have an edge, it's when there's a weather advantage. Because the books just don't factor that in. And now that's not every week and you have to pay attention. It may be this week. I'm, I'm and Now I'm looking at it. It looks like it's going to be pretty steady. But that's when there's actually an edge because the books don't, they, they'll, they just grab the outright markets. It's a derivative of the outright market for the most part, right? So when, they, when you do have high winds in the morning or high winds in the afternoon, you can grab those early guys or those late guys who have the easier conditions. You can absolutely gain an edge uh, in that market. Yeah, it was yeah, like, like the comparison. Stays. The comparison I made to the first quarter thing. And, yeah, you know, exactly. when you're doing first quarter, first half of almost any sport, oftentimes those aren't adjusted properly for, yeah. I mean, for, for 90% of games, they're probably pretty, pretty nuts on, but for a few games here and there, you can look at those derivatives. And a lot of times they're just, they have a formula. Like if the full game's 10, the first half's going to be five and a half or six or whatever they want to yeah. make it. And a lot of times that's nuts on and That's where it should be. But there are times where just using your math to make those derivatives isn't right. Yeah. With the wind, it does suck kind of track this wind. Not only, uh, not only yeah. just because weathermen, and I'll <laughs> tell you about the weather, betting on the weather, betting on the weather can be successful sometimes. You know, yeah, Alex is the weather oh, bear guy. He I should, miss he should it. be, I miss he it so employ his services. <laughs> Bring back quarantine. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> Bring back quarantine. But, um, oh, there, there is something to be said. And I just wanted to ask you basically because I was going to ask you this anyway in the chat, but is there anything to the course this week as far as the wind? Like, um, you know, we're saying when we say wind advantage or wave advantage, we're saying like maybe the morning it's like six, eight, 10 mile an hour. And yeah. then the afternoon we get 15, 20 mile an hour gusts. The afternoon plays harder. So there's an advantage. We're not going to really look at guys in the afternoon. But also when you play Thursday, Friday, and, you know, you've seen this abnormal distribution brought it up in the timeline. Sometimes there is a you know a thing where there, we were looking at possibly high winds in the morning, which is yeah. a little it's backwards, yeah. and then cal calming down in the afternoon, and then normal weather for the rest of the week. So then if you play in the afternoon on Thursday, you're scheduled to play in the morning on Friday, and vice versa on the other way. So if there is something like that, there does become like a full tournament edge because that's half the tournament where one guy might be playing in much easier conditions. But I guess my question was going to be these, you know, with these high winds and what we've seen from this course in the past, like, is this thing going to dry out or afternoons just going to be tougher anyway? So this course in the past, when the winds kick up, they've just watered the shit out of it. And so okay. when they do that, the course, the, the winds don't, don't really matter because the guys, these guys on a wet golf course will just absolutely eat it alive, right? And we've seen this, you know, when, when the ball sticks and, it, and it's spinning or they can make it stop and control it, they're going to absolutely destroy any golf course. Now, when it they hit a wedge and it hits five feet and it rolls out two feet, then now you know they're going to have some problems scoring because it's hard to get into those tight pins, right? So this course in particular is hard to hard to judge because they've done different things with it. We've seen it be, uh, you know, nine to 12 under and we've seen it be a 20 under. Right. A lot of that has to do with how they want to keep the course. Now, 
here's what I have her is that Augusta is going to play as firm as it has at any time ever. Right. So what they're saying is, is they haven't had any rain there. They're going to make this thing hard. It's going to play fast. It's going to play firm. So my thought process is wouldn't they, wouldn't the, the players who are there who are going to Augusta next week want the course to play relatively similar. So they have a little bit of, um, you know, of, of, of experience on that before they go get the hard stuff again, uh, you know, next week. So again, it really matters what the superintendent wants to do, right? It matters what the what the what the uh, you know the greenskeeper wants and what the PGA Tour wants. I'm not in their mind, and and the problem is is normally they play a course a certain way, like Riviera. As long as they is if it's going to be you know we saw it this year if it's going to be good weather they will play that course hard and firm. We have plenty of examples of that across you know endless amounts uh, of sample. Here they've done it a bunch of different ways, so it's just very difficult to know where they're going to go with it. Um, and again, I mean, it's important to remember like, I don't even know if everyone knows this, but like half the field plays the morning, half the field plays the afternoon, right? So there's 140 guys out there. So, you know, when they do flip flop, you can find advantages like that. It's really more important in the DFS world, in my opinion, because you're just looking for those guys to get through the cut. In the outright markets, you know, we're, we're, we're playing four days, and, and I don't I don't factor it in as much unless it's a huge, drastic difference, which maybe happens three, four times a year. You know, British Open obviously uh, excluded from that. Yeah, it makes I forget a lot what of a sense. British Open is like. Yeah. Maybe you have to go back and see just like what the weather's been there for the last couple of weeks. Because, I mean, you know, James, any golf, um, any greenskeeper, any superintendent is going to want to save the greens. Yeah. You know, they want to make this look nice. They want it to be hard. But – at this point, it's the end of March. It's early April. They can't have a burnout like this. So I would I would assume that, you know, unless it has rained a lot this week, I think you're right. They'll probably come out in the afternoon and water the crap out of that thing. Which, you know, I don't like that. I like hard and fast golf courses. I do. I do like <laughs> no, and, and that's yeah. just something like that's an informational thing. Like if you get yourself networked, talk to other golf betters, yeah. like that's usually something like in somebody shares a tweet in a golf in a golf DM group. I'm in like, oh, here's what here's what they're going to be doing. Like we we've seen that at like Memorial the other year. Where it's like, mm. oh, man, they're just going to let this get harder and harder. Like they don't give a shit. Like sometimes there is a superintendent who's just a hardo and like you need to look at that. And I mean, you can say, well, everybody has to play on that surface. Everyone's playing the same course. It's going to be, well, there's certain guys that just can't land a ball on a green when it's playing like that. There are guys who can acclimate their iron games to that and still play well. And there's guys who just absolutely can't. So, um, I will say before we let well, I'm gonna make you make some picks, I guess, before you go. <laughs> yeah, um, I brought them all the way over. Next that, and we'll we'll pump this up a little too. Next week, yeah. we've done masters episodes, we've done them on like Wednesday, which is just stupid on the deep dive I'm talking about. So James has agreed to get up it's not as early and come talk deep dive Monday. <laughs> so little preview to that deep dive Monday. We'll kind of, we'll let it breathe a little. Cause it, you know, you this go. show is a little, this show's a little shorter. We get a full hour of James talking about Augusta. Mm-hmm. Obviously look for his stuff on, uh, before we do do any picks, you, will you be releasing Augusta outrights this week? Like we talked about. Hundred percent. I'm actually. I already booked a Tahoe trip for tomorrow, so I'm I'm heading to Tahoe to, literally tomorrow morning, afternoon, and I'm gonna go up there and, and finish it out with uh, with the numbers of circa has. Yeah, so we, I'll have a full we've, car by tomorrow. We've we've talked about this in the past with uh, when you have those golden hours, like oh, Rom pulled out, and guess what? The the prices are all gacked, and we need to hit them right now. Well, right now, like what what would you say the percentage chance that Brooks Kepka plays the Masters is? Ten percent, twenty percent. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like 10, 15 percent. Yeah. He he's like 20, 22 to one in the market. It's roughly a four percent win equity. Like he likely, <laughs> he likely he yep. likely doesn't play 
yeah. right now. And right now he's listed in every market because he's not officially pulled out. If he pulls out, he's probably going to do it early next week. So yeah. if you do believe in that, it might not be a bad time to get some master's futures in, especially if you're looking near the top of the board, because that 4% is going to get distributed and everybody's going to shoot up just a little bit, especially, you know, maybe the hundred to one guys aren't going to suddenly be 75 to one, but some of these guys near the top of the board are going to move up. So if you are looking at master's futures, it might not be the worst case to jump on those early because the upside is it, you get a better number. The down, um, the downside is Kepka plays. And honestly, is that downside? He's hurt. Yeah, he plays, that's, that's that's just as good. I think. So. I'm okay. trying to figure out between JT and Bryson because I'm gonna I'm gonna have one of the two, and I I just I don't I don't want to make the wrong decision. So I'm trying to figure out which of the two I'm gonna put on there because I do I do think one of those guys up top wins, and and those guys are prime. They both have you know wins recently, and uh, you know obviously they're playing well, and and you know have the pedigree to win to win a green jacket for sure. So I'm I don't know which I'm gonna pick. I haven't quite decided yet, but I'm gonna definitely go with one. I'm have basically the exact same edge on both of them. Uh, post well once once Brooks you know, withdraws obviously yeah so above before we let you go and then we'll we'll get to some tennis and NBA here at the end after yeah. after this but uh, an outright give me an outright people like outrights like the, the head to heads are the, no do. one likes it. it's not it's I not sexy <laughs> it's, it's no fun and, and, I'll give you one of each obviously you you can find you can find James's whole card on his Twitter he's gonna put it out he does the for profit podcast you can listen to that and if you want more breakdowns did matchbook yesterday you're on you better you made you made the, the whole media around, around. <laughs> around yeah but, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna yeah. be exhausted next week I'll go right something lo- awesome. yeah long shotty that's kind of still in the same price range that hasn't moved yet yeah for sure you know I mean I, honestly and I know you're on this guy as well but I'm looking at answers up to 30 to one for some reason. I don't really understand that. So, I mean, that's by far my favorite bet. Um, And I mentioned, you know, Cam Davis already mentioned Sam Burns already. You know, if we want to go all the way down the list, Doug Gim is an interesting guy, you know, went to UT. I'm sure he has some kind of experience on this golf course. He was the number one amateur in the world, uh, you know, coming out of college. So, you know, I like that pedigree. Uh, And he, we've seen him play well recently, um, you know, with, with Justin Thomas in that second to last group uh, when JT won, what was that players? Or, yeah, yeah, players. There you go. So, uh, you know, some recent form. So, I mean, if I'm going to go any further than JT or any further than that, I'd go Gim. And then, you know, let's get a full tournament head to head. We're fading Sky Shuffler and Joel Damon. So, go find those. That's, that's an easy one. I don't have to really even dive into it. Joel Damon's still hammered drunk from uh, from winning and put the or whatever the hell it was. So, <laughs> those are my those are my two fades. And there's a he million did. matchups where you can take advantage of that. He did mention that, and yeah, the the quote from Joel Damon was pretty good. He said. It was his first win ever on tour. He said, yeah. I hope there's many more of these, but I'm going to celebrate like this is the last one. <laughs> so <a> direct one. <laughs> yeah, how how he might feel after a few days of celebrating in his stupid bucket hat might be uh silly. So Good dog, right, baby. Well, follow James on Twitter at JMaz with two Z's and then a JD at the end. Look for him on the deep dive next week. And thanks a lot for the time, man. Anytime, boys. We'll see you guys soon. All right. I'm excited for – I still can't. Yeah, I am. The Valero. The Valero Texas Open. So, all right. It's I promise some picks. We'll get some picks outside of golf here. We'll talk a little uh, NBA before we head out for the day. What do you got? Um, two two picks here, uh, a money line and a sort of money line. Um, Sacramento is a small dog here visiting San Antonio. Um, this is another situation. San Antonio Sacramento played on Monday night. That game closed. Um, San Antonio minus two and a half. This line opened 
San Antonio minus two and a half. Sacramento won that game by 17 points. Yes, I think some of their shooting numbers are going to come down. But just in general, I think that the market is struggling to figure out what the Spurs are doing. As you start to look, they've been really poor lately. I think part of it is um, they've had some injuries to Lonnie Walker. Popovich has just been very bizarre in, in the way he's giving out minutes. Older guys like Rudy Gay and Patty Mills are still getting like 20 or so minutes a game. When you have younger players, um, you know, again, like Lonnie Walker when he comes back or DeJounte Murray, uh, you know, um, Kelton Johnson's been very good. Devin Vassell, there's just all this nice young talent that he doesn't seem to be using in the Kings really have played nice well since the all-star break um, ever since they lost Marvin Bagley they've stopped trying to force the ball inside the offense has, has looked much nicer they've scored at a lot better pace and the defense has actually been a little bit better with Rashawn Holmes getting some more minutes so happy to take the Sacramento Kings here as an underdog plus 120 I'd play this down to plus 110 really plus anything's probably fine but I like plus 120. I like the Kongs I need uh what's his face do well for rookie of the year uh, it's Mr. Halliburton, he continues to play very well. So, by the way, folks, if you don't have some Halliburton Rookie of the Year, go out and look. There's still some four-to-ones, five-to-ones out there. Scoop that up. Um, he he's, should be the favorite, if not tied for the favorite, basically, at this point. Um, so I think he'll have a good game. The other one we have here, Dallas minus one. To be perfectly honest, I'm a little nervous about this. Um, Dallas minus one against the Boston Celtics in Boston. Jalen Brown is hypothetically out. Luka Doncic is healthy. Kristaps Porzingis is healthy. They're not on the injury report in any way, shape, or form. I don't know why Dallas isn't a much heavier favorite here. There's you know a small little part at the back of my head telling me that somebody knows that Luka or Kristaps has taken the night off or something, but I've seen no reporting to that. And This is just a big edge for me. I have Dallas as a four, almost five-point favorite in this spot. Again, Jalen Brown being out is going to be really tough here. He's someone um, to be really important to have guarding Luka Doncic, being there to switch with Marcus Smart to really slow him down. Instead, they're just going to have Smart. Tatum's not going to be able to stay with Doncic. And Porzingis, again, if he's playing um, – you know, all due respect to Time Lord there, but Robert Williams is probably not going to slow down Christophe Porzingis, and whoever comes in for Williams is definitely not going to slow him down. So Dallas minus one here, despite the fact that I am totally expecting some injury shenanigans here, Andy. Yeah, that stuff happened. Just like you talked about with Washington, you know, people that were happy taking Charlotte at a short number were rewarded. Washington got out there. Washington certainly didn't even cover the late number, did they? Mm-hmm. No, they uh, didn't. got up to five and a half, five and a half, six, something like that. So, um, yeah, we'll get, nicely. get into later, later in the week, we'll get into stuff like this. But I played a 13 off the open, I'd still play a 14. Fuck it, like this is a just don't overthink it. There's uh, the, the narratives around, like, oh man, they're, they're really making good teams shoot bad. Like, that's that's just that's just variance, it's been variance. And UCLA has certainly played better than a play-in team. They're probably more like an eight seed than an 11 seed, but they are still not on the level of like a Creighton or, I mean, the, the, just what the, what the number was against some of these other, these other price teams that went up against Gonzaga, like this should be like 16. I, I think this number is still probably a bit light. Gonzaga is not the kind of team that misses. Like you can't, you can't hope that they'll miss a bunch of free throws and they'll just miss all these. Like Michigan missing those layups late, everything was just not falling. Gonzaga has too many good players. They're too experienced. They should truck them. Hopefully, they win by a hundred and we can be done with this UCLA nonsense. <laughs> so I, I put, I didn't play well, this big. Got a guy. I, I, I put a little, I put a little bit, bit of money on here. So I'm doubling down on my futures. 
I like that. Gonzaga looks just like a, just a well-oiled machine. That's yeah. a lot of chemistry there. Every question that anybody's asked, they've had a quick answer for. And there's something about white dudes, hairy white dudes and headbands that I think is scary. And they have got a lot of hairy white dudes and headbands. For sure. A little yeah, tennis no, here for you. To tide you over for the afternoon, let me just double-check when the actual time of this match is. I believe it's this afternoon. But Bianca Andreescu, the Mississaugan mammoth, BVA, is playing Sarasora Tormo. Um, Tormo has been just absolutely fantastic this year. Um, it looks like this match actually will be about 7 o'clock Eastern. So um, that'll be on about the same time the NBA slate gets kicked off. But, um, you know, again, another spot here. I like the over 20-and-a-half games. I would have this at a juicy 21, a cheap 20-and-a-half. The over 2-and-a-half sets here. Um, I'd have this probably plus 150, maybe plus 155 at, at the absolute worst. Just two players that have played a lot of three-set matches here. Andreescu, I don't think, has had a match um, under three sets since she's been here, frankly. Um, you look at Tormo, same thing. Two women that know how to hold, that know how to get a big break at the end of sets. I think this will be a very competitive match. I do expect Andreescu to win, so... You know, um, sticking with the 20 and a half is a bigger bet, a little smaller stake on the on the over two and a half sets here. But another great spot for some overs, Andy. Yeah, um, the last two matches for Andreescu have gone over the two two set mark. They've gone into the third set, and even her very first match of the tournament, which she did win 2-0, did have a tiebreaker. So we went to 21 games in that. So she's covered the 20 and a half in all three here. So look for some action tonight because yeah, no. Go college basketball for a few days again. Ta- golf doesn't start till tomorrow. So, yeah, it's tennis and NBA for tonight. Do some work. Um, Spend some time with your kids. I don't know. I'm probably doing a deep do dive. Actually, you know what? Ba- baseball. Uh, <laughs> deep dive tonight, another baseball guest. Special baseball guest talking baseball analytics, talking all those stats and acronyms that you don't understand because I'm trying to get a little deeper into baseball this year. So, bringing in a Fips, Morps. Yeah, Fips and x um, X Wax Plus 40s. and all that stuff. Yeah, We're gonna get into it tonight on the deep dive talking baseball opening day tomorrow. See you guys. It's tomorrow.